We take a look at the final series of Martian Manhunter stories from the Silver Age, the final installment of Dan Jurgen's recent run on Action Comics, and then we conclude by taking a look at Avengers Infinity Classic straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. So we're going to start the show out by taking a look at Showcase Presents Martian Manhunter Volume 2. Now, a lot of folks do not like Showcase Presents. In fact, if you uh, take a look at either Showcase Presents or Marvel Essential, uh, you'll have someone complain the comics are all in black and white. And I guess because of those complaints, uh, both of those lines have been discontinued. But I personally enjoyed them, and what I liked is that they often covered characters or stories that did not have reprints elsewhere. Uh, one example of this, of course, they printed a whole book of elongated man stories. And they can do that because the production costs were less expensive, and it was less expensive for readers to be able to easily access these uh, strips, even if they were in black and white. And I actually really enjoyed the first volume of Martian Manhunter stories. A Showcase presents Martian Manhunter Volume 1. And it actually is interesting because Martian Manhunter uh, didn't start out as a superhero. He was introduced prior to the start of the Silver Age of comics. And uh, essentially, the character was an attempt to combine science fiction with uh, detective stories. And so you had this Martian who... Uh, comes to Earth uh, through a machine and decides to fight crime and go undercover as Detective Don Jones. And I think you had a pretty good variety of stories focusing on those kind of uh, sci-fi themes and also on the detective work. Um, I think that this became less true as the uh, story went on and Martian Manhunter joined the Justice League and this led to public revelation of his identity. And this book starts off with that status quo, uh, collecting, uh, first of all, Detective Comics 305 to 326. And these are generally just uh, pretty straightforward superhero fighting uh, mobster-type stories with not a whole lot of style to them generally. Uh, the big thing that they did do in this book is introduce Zook. Uh, Zook is a strange-looking uh, alien who is often described as Manhunter's pet, though often functions as a sidekick. He has his own power set, uh, including the ability to freeze people. And uh, I I 
don't think he's an annoying character, but he doesn't really solve whatever was wrong with uh, the Martian Manhunter strips in Detective Comics. In that there was very little imagination or real strong stories coming out. They did try to give him uh, his own supervillain, which is actually a Batman supervillain named Professor Hugo. And you actually get a cameo by Batman in the first Professor Hugo story. Uh, Professor Hugo was just a big-headed mad scientist. And there are about three or four stories with uh, Professor Hugo in the whole book. And he's not a particularly memorable character, nor did he have a really long history. He made his first appearance in 1962, and the Detective uh, Comics run concluded in 1964. And the way that concluded is that John Jones uh, appeared to die to the world, uh, though, of course, the Martian Manhunter lived on. Now, the reason why he didn't, uh, you know, try to uh, explain away the apparent death and keep John Jones alive, they don't really make an attempt at that. I think that it is just uh, realized that this whole situation with him as a detective and, you know, he had his boss and he had his girlfriend who was a policewoman, the entire situation was really just played out. And so they ended the Detective Comics run, and they transferred him over to uh, the House of Mystery. Now, uh, as the, and that's where the backup features aired for the rest of his uh, solo run. And uh, the last Detective Comics story he fights a monster produced by the idol head of Diabolu. And uh, essentially for his first uh, 17 appearances in House of Mystery from number 143 to 159, uh, he was fighting this idol head of Diabolu. And it was... As a story, essentially, he got a monster of the month to fight. And there were some strips uh, that were uh, exceptions uh, where he would be doing something else. But that was the general through line, is that he would be fighting the this uh, particular uh, monster. And it kind of works within the idea of the House of Mystery, which was a bit of a horror uh, anthology sort of uh, book and it was okay and I think a little bit better than what we had in the detective comic stories so that brings us to the final stage in the silver age journey of the Martian Manhunter and that is that an unnamed security agency asked him to infiltrate an organization known as Vulture and to capture their leader, Mr. V. And uh, as it happens, a man named Marco Xavier, who is a key uh, informant for Vulture, uh, uh, dies apparently, and uh, the Martian Manhunter takes his place and adopts the identity of Marco Xavier 
as his secret identity. And so tries to uh, work to bring down Vulture, to thwart their plans by finding out about them from the inside. And uh, it is actually a pretty uh, fun story. It's got a nice 1960s spy vibe. Uh, Zook disappears for a lot of the strip as he's undercover and out of the country. Uh, although there are some um, times when Zook reasserts himself. I do have a problem with the ending of this because it makes no sense whatsoever. The Martian Manhunter is a great character, but I think can be a big challenge to write for. Uh, so this is just not a really good collection of uh, comics. If you like your Silver Age silliness, there are a lot better books out there than this. Overall, I will give uh, Showcase Presents Martian Manhunter Volume 2 a rating of not classy. Alright, well, uh, now we turn to a more modern comic, and uh, this is the latest uh, and final uh, collection of Action Comics uh, Superman uh, stories by Dan Jurgens. So, Superman uh, Action Comics Volume 5 Booster Shot. And Booster Shot is also the main plot arc that runs th uh, for six issues from 993 to 998. Uh, and if you'll recall from our previous review, the, the previous volume ended with uh, Superman uh, getting on the cosmic treadmill uh, that belongs to the Flash in the Watchtower and heading back in time. A Booster Gold arrived just a second later, realized he's too late and goes back after Superman. Uh, Superman, after the revelation that his uh, father, uh, Jor-El, survived the destruction of Krypton and became Mr. Oz, uh, wants to go back in time and make sure find out if that really happened because it is such an earth-shattering revelation. Booster Gold needs to uh, stop him from doing anything that might change time. And one thing Superman doesn't think about when going back in time to Krypton is that he doesn't have any superpowers. And uh, there are some things that happen in the course of this that actually lead to the creation of an alternate timeline and worlds that are ruled by uh, General Zod. And so they've got to end up uh, trying to correct or fix that. Uh, Booster Gold is really a good character in this. Uh, when you get a bad writer writing him, uh, or someone who just doesn't understand the character, the character is just entirely greedy. Uh, but he's a bit more complex than that. Uh, he's not just a greedy glory hound. He has uh, some good uh, some good points and bad points. And uh, you really do get that brought out in this story. And the B-plot is interesting as Lois uh, learns that her father 
is about to be executed for taking part in a black ops operation by a uh, tyrannical regime, with, of course, since it being a black ops operation, the government denying all knowledge of his actions. And so she has to go in and rescue him, and she thinks she can leave... uh, Jonathan uh, Kent, a.k.a. Superboy, at home, but good luck with that. So she goes behind uh, enemy lines to rescue him. It's a good plot, and I think Dan Jurgens does a good job of making it believable. And it's brought together at the end of the arc in a really good way. You know, as someone who wrote in the 1990s, Dan Jurgens... is really in love with those six-part uh, uh, arcs. Uh, the problem is that sometimes those six-parters are really padded out. But that's not the case with this one. There's plenty of action and movement, and there's nothing here where I think, okay, this is just padded out so that we can get to a six-part story. It's really well-told with uh, some nice twists, and uh, I just really liked it. Uh, then we get a one-shot. It's uh, issue 999, and it's What Would Superman Do? And at this point, without spoiling too much from the previous arc, Superman has realized that, yes, it was true what happened with uh, Jor-El, that he was taken off uh, of Krypton, and he became Mr. Oz. And so he's kind of coping with how to do things differently. And he's examining even the idea of the Phantom Zone, uh, where uh, Jorel created this prison uh, in the void of space to keep uh, dangerous criminals forever. And it's, it kind of uh, drives them even madder. And he's, you know, trying to deal with that legacy. And he actually decides to take someone out of the Phantom Zone and to imprison them and try to rehabilitate them, which is a bit more consistent with Superman's overall sense of ethics. Uh, and there is also a conflict between Lois and her dad. Uh, it's the holidays, and uh, she's in and Jonathan is just excited to have his uh, grandfather uh, around. But they get into fights about the things that have kept them estranged for many years. Mainly her was illegal that he was involved with that he thought was really important. Plus, it would be dangerous and that, uh, you know, you have to be prepared to fight him. And it's an interesting story and a believable conflict that has an end when... Uh, Superman arrives and changes back into Clark Kent, and he kind of works to bring them together. And he says, you know, I just kind of let this fester, you know, this, this disagreement fester for years, and I, uh, I shouldn't have done that. And I really want to bring peace in that relationship. And it's a nice story. And what I like about it is it shows that uh, Superman, you know, I, I think sometimes characters like Superman and Captain America are looked at as uh, perfect. And I think that what Dan Jurgens captures is that, uh, particularly with Superman, that Superman's a, a person. 
Uh, he's a good guy, but he's by no means perfect. Uh, he's got a great sense of virtue and right and wrong, but he's working to become better just like, you know, everybody else should be. And I really like that idea in this story. And it's just, it's a nice little story and it's a, it's a good, uh, kind of conclusion to the regular Dan Jurgens run on Action Comics. Then we get Action Comics Special Number One, uh, which is the last will and testament of Lex Luthor. And essentially, a plane Lois is flying on is hit with a missile, and Superman's able to save it, um, in, save her in time. And the missile uh, contains a mix of human and alien technology, and. Uh, uh, Superman, first of all, sends John, uh, John away, says, you know, go and stay with Kara, uh, because not only does this plane go down, but Lois gets a message calling her Mrs. Superman. And, uh, so, uh, Superman goes and confronts Lex, who is really resentful. You know, uh, at one point, Lex had proclaimed himself the new Superman and seen the need for, uh, him and had added a S shield, uh, to his battle suit and he'd removed that. I think just getting tired of Superman continuing to suspect him of stuff. And, uh, then, uh, Superman is able to locate the, uh, actual perpetrator and is the perpetrator is able to challenge him but lex arrives because this person is apparently pretending uh to be him and he's like whatever is done in my name good or bad i better be the one doing it and uh, then it's revealed who the villain is and it's and it's a really uh, interesting surprise i won't spoil it but i think it was a very cleverly written story so I really enjoyed every part of this book, and I think that this was just a great finish for Dan Jurgens' run on Action Comics. And uh, Jurgens, of course, has was really key in getting us this new status quo with Superman, as he wrote the uh, Lois and Clark miniseries, where the post-crisis Superman had arrived, you know, in our on our earth and was kind of working underground uh, while the new 52 Superman was doing his thing. And so he established that particular uh, continuity setup uh, and uh, then uh, wrote the action comics run. And it's been a good run with, you know, some stories better than the others, but this is just a really strong finish to it. So I will give Superman Action Comics Volume 5 Booster Shot a rating of very classy. Next up is Avengers Infinity Classic. This is a four-issue miniseries uh, written by Roger Stern. And essentially, Quasar, uh, who is a uh, uh, cosmic hero, receives a dr distress call and finds a colony destroyed. And he ends up calling for the Avengers uh, to help. But he gets a really mixed crew. He gets Thor, he gets Photon, he gets uh, Tigra. 
He gets the uh, Titan known as Star Fox, and he gets Moondragon. Uh, and this is, you know, a crew of, other than Thor, really lesser-known characters. But what I like about it is that Stern does a great job writing these characters. And so you feel like you could go uh, on with a lot of these characters for quite a while. None of them are annoying. They seem to relate to each other and to be real people. Uh, I particularly like what they do with Monica Rambeau, who is an interesting interesting character in this. She was uh, Captain Marvel for a while, though I, the uh, name didn't stick. Uh, and she was leader of the Avengers. And uh, she's a good leader with some pretty solid instincts, and she bumps... Uh, you know, knocks heads together with Thor a bit because Thor is just, uh, has this uh, sense of arrogance and just being like, we got to go and fight. And that's just his entire, um, his entire uh, uh, thing in this is just this conflict between Thor and, uh, and, uh, and Photon that comes out throughout this. Uh, you also have some really good, art for some of the big cosmic uh, concepts in here, because essentially what they're dealing with in terms of the cause of the planetary destruction uh, is a race known as the Infinites. Uh, and I think the Infinites, the story is because it is really trying to deal with some really big um, high concept uh, stuff. And uh, in terms of the cosmic world of Marvel, because the infinites are not really people that they can effectively fight, which is, you know, a bit of a challenge for an Avengers team. And in order to solve this, they end up needing to bring uh, eternity uh, into the uh, equation. And eternity, of course, is the... Uh, anthropomorphic embodiment of the universe. So this is not a story for everybody, but uh, I think it's, it is actually a really impressive work just because of the art and, again, the really strong writing of Roger Stern. As he shows, he's able to take some lesser-known characters and really flesh them out and make them feel like they belong uh, in a big Avengers team. So I'll give this book a rating of somewhat classy. So to review, uh, Showcase Presents Martian Manhunter Volume 2. Not really a whole lot to that one. And uh, that's why we give it a rating of not classy. Meanwhile, Superman uh, Action Comics Volume 5 Booster Shot gets a rating of uh, very classy. As Dan Jurgens finishes his Action Comics run on a high note. And uh, we give uh, Avengers Infinity Classic a rating of somewhat classy. The story is a bit challenging to grasp and not your typical uh, superhero story. But it does feature a pretty uh, some good uh, writing around the characters and also... Uh, just some great art. All right, well, that's all for now. If you do have a comment, email to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. 
Uh, but from uh, Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Grams, signing off. <laughs>